Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fine is Not a Feeling, your real life guide on how to think, feel, move, and eat better. This is being brought to you by California Schools Viva, a nonprofit health trust that delivers high quality, affordable, and accessible health resources for member employees as well as the broader community. On this podcast, we sit to have amazing conversations that focus on whole person health. They are going to help us understand ourselves better, discover new tools for healthier living, and become more compassionate human beings. We're going to have some insightful talks, provide some helpful, intentional tips, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. My name is Carlotta, and I'm thrilled to be with you today. And my name is Laura, and I'm excited to be sharing this space with you. For today's episode, our topic is how to talk to friends and family about health issues. Having these uncomfortable conversations isn't easy, especially with our loved ones. So we wanted to have a discussion today about how you can have those difficult conversations. To do this, we're welcoming Cynthia Friedman, a great friend of our podcast who has some personal perspectives to bring to the conversation. We look forward to having that discussion soon. But before that, do let's have some super comfortable conversations. Carletta, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there, Laura. This topic is very close to my heart as I have several family members, you know, who've had health issues or concerns. It's like, how do we bring it up? How do we have this conversation? As often we talk about in our podcast, it's there is the assumption that the therapist knows all and can say all the things <laughs> great. But when it comes to your own personal life, it gets a little difficult at times because it's like, how do you address that? And and I can wordsmith a lot of things and I can kind of smooth things over, redirect, rename. But it is hard when you're having those kind of conversations with your loved ones or people you care about because it's different invested interest. You know, do we want to hurt someone's feeling? Do we not? Do we not? Do we want to ignore it? There's all those things that come together. So, I mean, this is, this is, uh, as we, as after the struggle is real around this one for sure. The timing's interesting because I was just having this discussion with my mother in law uh, this week, actually, because she was saying that, you know, she's been having some blood pressure issues and not, you know, doesn't really want to bring it up. She's going to the doctor and having all the, um, and and my husband got really mad at her, like, Mom, she, she's in her 80s. Like, what the heck are you doing? And she said, well, I don't want to worry you. Like, you know, so but but I think the thing to me that's really interesting about it is because we get uncomfortable having these conversations, instead we fill in our own narrative. Right. So right, it's not that right. like I watch my husband and it's it's not that he doesn't worry. Like he mm-hmm. just makes up his own worries now, right? right. Because he's thinking Curious about nuance. like, but it could be and it could be and then she's doing and what happened? And it's like it, the absence of information or the not wanting to have the conversation doesn't always mean that you sit and, you know, like eat your popcorn and watch your movies and are like, eh, I'm mm-hmm. sure she's fine. Instead, you know, we're making up our own narratives around what's happening. And, and I right. think particularly yeah. as our parents get older, right, that becomes a very hard discussion. Absolutely. And I think being in that sandwich generation, they call it where you have aging parents. And if you have young family members too, you're the health worries go on different sides and it's, and it's caretaking in two different ways, but yet similar ways. And how do you have that conversation? I, I know um, personally with some people and, and just some friends, a lot of the issues that I've heard lately 
or in, in my friend group, or maybe it's my generational, I don't know, is that conversation around um, infertility. And if it's this person or that person, like whoever it may be that it's affecting is how do you have a conversation with your significant other? If it's, you know, if you're the spouse who's experiencing it and, and you know, maybe don't want to talk about it, but if you're the other one who's not experiencing it, how do you bring that up? And how do we talk about it without hurting someone's feelings? I know um, some of the conversations I've had with friends is, particularly being being the woman and if the male has the issue like that's a lot of like how do we address that don't want to hurt your feelings am I hurting your manhood it's like all of those things and so it becomes I think very much like you said that this conversation of how do we do this and then do it in a way that's helpful but if we're not doing it the elephants sit in the room and then we start to get you know sick quote unquote in our own mind because we're coming up with all these different ideas or thoughts or anxiousness or all of that and that just becomes a constant that's another thing you have to end up addressing because now you've created your own (laughs) anxious situation yeah well you know i mean i think it goes back to why we love the name of the podcast right fine is not a feeling like fine is also not a health status or a way to talk about your health where so often how are you doing oh i'm fine like Mm -hmm. well I mean, I have a list of like 10 things that, <laughs> that could be really big issues. That are but really I'm big things. You, but I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Don't <laughs> worry about today. me. Don't, exactly. don't do that. And, exactly. We don't want to share those things because we feel, um, I think too, definitely the older, our older generations, our parents, we don't want to burden. Mm-hmm. don't want to burden. And I think even amongst my friends, like you don't want to burden your own stuff with people that you care about when it usually ends up being the other way around because we were like, what, wait, huh? How long did we do this? Like we need to be doing something else or it could be prevented this. So I think all of those pieces go in there. It's how, how do I talk about my stuff? Yeah. How yeah. I, talk I mean, I, I think a huge one, when you talk about fertility, I've had a number of friends um, that are going through fertility treatments and, and tied with that often is pregnancy loss mm-hmm. too, right? Exactly. Where, exactly. Um, I have a friend who just had a beautiful little boy a few months ago, um, but she lost several pregnancies mm-hmm. along the way in, right. in trying to get pregnant. And we would talk about that in terms of how do you talk about it with your family? How do you talk about mm-hmm. it with your community? Cause often they're happening before you've announced your pregnancy, yeah. right? So now, in in going back to finds not a feeling you're you're showing up to work mm-hmm. everybody else had a weekend you had the worst <laughs> thing happen to you correct you know physically emotionally you could imagine and you just show up and everyone's like how you doing you're like i'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Like, really I don't know how to talk about this. I don't know. Yes. Before I, I actually, we lost our first pregnancy before my daughter, my now four-year-old was born. And mm-hmm. that was the hardest thing in the world because you're just like going through this whole, right. you know, crazy, emotional, physical roller coaster, right? Your hormones mm-hmm. are going wild. and But right. we don't have the tools. It is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable right. talking about your family. And then- and then it 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 goes into I think as we're we're talking about it it's uncomfortable too because your family doesn't know how to respond exactly right? so even exactly. if you're comfortable being like hey let me tell you about something that's happening everyone's like uh exactly well. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> what do I and do I, with this and I think that goes into and why I'm so excited about you know, having this conversation, because I think that is some of the core pieces 
is we don't say because maybe we don't know how we're feeling about it, but then we we also don't say because we don't know how they're going to react to it, or maybe people don't know how to react. And it's that same dance. When you deal with grief, you're like, uh, do I say I'm sorry? Do I don't say I'm sorry? I don't want to say anything, but I don't want to not say anything. And so there's all of those, I call it the elephants in the room, that space where you're like, oh my goodness, it's uncomfortable. And we don't, I think as humans, we don't do well with the uncomfortable, but it's so imperative for for wellness, for us to get past, you know, like the fine is not a feeling to get past that fine piece and to get to, hey, this is what's happening so we can be able to get to a place of wellness, whatever it is, whatever side of the conversation that we're having. Uh, and this one is just so imperative and so huge because we want to make sure that we can learn some tips or hear about how to do this the best way we can because this is our life. We want, we just you know, are going through, went through a huge uh, piece with our pandemic and our health and who who has it, who didn't have it. If you did get it, do I not tell someone? Like, and I mean, we can go on, that's a whole another 700 podcast of, <laughs> of the conversation <laughs> yeah. around who, how do we talk about COVID, vaccine, no vaccine. I mean, we can go on for days about the nuances of how to talk about it. And so, but let's talk about it. I think that's probably the, the big piece of, of how do we do that. All right. Laura, are you ready? I think we're going to take a break. And then we come back. We're going to talk about family and friends and talking about health concerns with awesome Cynthia Friedman. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We're ready to hop into our main topic today, talking with friends and family about your health concerns, having those uncomfortable conversations with those we love. We want to welcome Cynthia Friedman to the podcast today to join us in this discussion. Cynthia, or Sin for short, is the Director of Operations for What the Strong Do to Rise. Cynthia has been in the health and wellness industry for more than 20 years. For the past 12 years, she has worked in operations, managing both wellness programs as well as setting up and managing on-site clinics. Welcome, Cynthia. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing good. We're so excited to have you. (laughs) We're fine. (laughs) We're fine. (laughs) See, I purposely didn't want to say fine. Exactly. Awesome. (laughs) Good, because we would have called you out on that one for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I think we're so excited to have you here today because, you know, talking about our health, I feel like particularly coming out of COVID is sort of like that awkward handshake dance we're all doing now when you like see people and you're like, do you, are you a fist bumper? Are you a waver? Are you a hugger? Are you, uh... and I feel like we all kind of have that same feeling when we're talking about our health, right? Like, do I, how much, what's the, um, so, so I know you've gone through, I think some of your own journey here in terms of thinking through your family, what, what tips, advice, perspectives do you have that you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, (laughs) I have had some of this fun stuff over the last few years with my mother's health. And I have come to realize that sometimes, at least with her, you just have to call her out. Her MO would be, I'm going to tell you guys about it after the fact. So this has happened on more than one occasion that my siblings would find out that she had gone through something and then they'd get mad at me because I was the only one that would know. 
she felt comfortable talking to me about it, or I would just call her out on it. You know, that's the kind of relationship we have. So it was hard. And my siblings would get really mad at me for not telling them. And I'm like, you guys, this is her story. I said, she asked me not to tell Mm -hmm. you. I can't break that trust. I said, you know, on the one hand, we've got to be grateful that she's including me. But there's a couple, three summers ago, I think it was, she had a heart attack and we got the, Mm -hmm. she's in back East Mm -hmm. and we're all out in San Diego. So my sister went out, I went out, we were back and forth. And we've been talking about her moving out here just for, you know, healthcare reasons and being closer, but she's going to do what she's going to do and I'll support her. But we've opened that dialogue, just mom, if something's going on, at least tell us. So now it's like, now I'm fully aware of all of her doctor's appointments and I know her doctors, but I do find that I don't tell her stuff when I'm going through stuff. So I tend to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't tell people when I'm going through stuff. Right. So, right. Part right. of it, it's it's the same concept that she always is like, well, I'm not going to tell you until there's something to tell. You know, something bad happened. Fine. I'll tell you after the fact. Or, you know, if it turns out the test that you had to get, there's nothing wrong. It's like, yeah, then you don't need to know about it. So, yes, the apple didn't fall far from the tree there. Absolutely. But I think sometimes, I mean, I've got friends who lost parents and they're trying to figure or in-laws are going through stuff and it's they never talk about stuff like that. And I'm like, you can't sweep it under the rug. It's horrible, but you have to be aware. You have to know. Mm-hmm. So. So I know, Sin, you've been in the wellness and health industry for a long time um, since you were two. So it totally makes sense. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, do you, and I know, so do you find that those of us or individuals, I'll just say individuals, won't lump myself in there, but in the health and wellness industry are are better or not so great at that, knowing that we see this every day, like you've managed two huge, you know, uh, operations around this. Do you think we're better at it or how, what do you notice? I think it's, I mean, it's dependent on the person. In some cases, we, the wellness people I've worked with in the wellness field think they're, you know, immortal and Teflon and everything just bounces right off. So it's fine. And then others, you get the opposite side where they're researching or asking the doc everything, you know, down. And it's like, okay, there is a happy medium, but I just, I think it depends on the person. Part of it, I think is how they were brought up and like how the families had these conversations, you know, was it something that you just pretended, what was it way back? My mother's day, you know, when they would talk about cancer, they always whispered it. (laughs) The it, it's, it's like I think we finally gotten past that point, and now we can just say, "Yeah, well, this sucks." And my mm-hmm. default is humor, so I <laughs> I try to have a little great, give grace, have grace. I don't know, but at the same time, I just try and make them laugh to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up, I lost my dad at a young age, and I think that's part of my mentality these days mm-hmm. is try and mm-hmm. find humor in everything. When my mom went through, she not only did she have a heart attack, she had breast cancer the following year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was the obnoxious one in the hospital cracking jokes. I was making her laugh. But, you know, it was, was kind of like, Mom, we can't get you the kind of birthday cards that we used to get you as you age. And, you know, when gravity pulls, you don't have that problem anymore. You've got some, you know, you know, <laughs> you're different. <Right. laughs> I can only tell you what her surgeon said, my brother, about. He was like, nope, just stop. Nope, don't need to hear this. Don't need to see this. Nope. 
So do you, do you think that humor and, and being able to have some levity in the discussion is part of what makes your mom more comfortable in, in being able to disclose to you where she doesn't feel as comfortable in the rest of the family? Yeah, I think because my siblings tend to be a lot more serious and they don't, it's not that I'm being irreverent, well, I am being irreverent, but you know, it's, (laughs) I don't want her to focus on the bad. So, and that was one of the conversations we kept having after her um, original surgery. I was like, mom, attitude, your, your attitude plays a part in your healing. I said, when Mm -hmm. you're going to have a negative attitude, you know, you, you just, it's not going to help you. You mm-hmm. have got to try and focus on some of the positive. I kept having to reiterate her attitude. And I had to tell my siblings that too. It's like, you guys can't focus on the negative. You've got to boost her up. She already feels like crap. Oops, can I say that? Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's so, health. That's health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poop. Everyone does it. <laughs> but I, I, I do believe that kind of being the one to, I had a friend who went through cancer years ago that I used to go to her chemo treatments with her. She'd have to sit in the chemo room for, you know, four or five hours with a drip doing nothing. And I'd go and just, you know, we'd chit chat and laugh and take their mind off of it almost. I mean, it's not, they know it's not going, we know it's not going anywhere. You know, it's time, but at least give them something else to focus on versus dwelling. I really like the concept of the, the focusing on the positive, because I do think that you know, when we have situations that are going on, um, you know, we were talking earlier about like infertility is that part of the piece too, when you had infertility is that the more stress you are, then the harder it is and the more stress oh. you are. And I mean, and it just is a cycle that people are chasing after like the rabbit and the, or the thing in the, what are they called? Hamster I don't know. Wheel. Okay. <laughs> hamster. <laughs> there we go. Hamster, hamster in the wheel, everyone. Hamster in the wheel. I'm going around in a circle so that you know, trying to chase what the thing is that's keeping you from that. And I think that that is a, a really important piece that you talked about creating, a, a, trying to find a positive, trying to find something that can be helpful out of that, out of a situation. Because when we do have these, you know, difficult health situations, like going to the pandemic, can we find our silver lining? Who knows, you know, whether someone lost someone or not, or is it cancer? Is it, you know, the other things that, <laughs> that go on, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, all those kinds of things. I think being able to to see is there a silver lining or is there a piece that's that's there. I also wonder, like Cynthia talked about your like so talking with your mom is one thing, and I this the sibling piece is also interesting to me too because that's another dynamic of it's it's one thing to talk about the person maybe who's struggling with the with the health issue, but then talking to the other individuals. I look at you, Laura, of like talking to your husband about his mom. So. Any thoughts or feelings about how do we have some of those kind of conversations? Because it's one thing to direct it towards that person, but it's another thing to talk amongst others, if you will, about a person's person's health. <laughs> for, I think for, well, for me, part of it, I think it depends on the sibling and what they're, you know, what your relationship with them is like. I get along relatively well with both siblings, but there are times that I want to, you know, bring them. But that comes from being the middle child. My sister, who being the typical oldest child and, you know, very needs all the facts, needs to speak to the doctors, needs to know all the, you know, percentages and all that kind of stuff. And I think that was the other one is I'm way more laid back than she is. And my brother, he's the baby, you know, he's used to being coddled and what you get. The man's almost 45. So that's kind of funny. Anyway, um, (laughs) but he I don't know that he does as well with this kind of stuff. 
you know, he went back and helped out for one of the, during one of the summers, I can't remember which one. And to hear his side of it, he was there, he helped. But to hear my mom, it's like, he was always with his friends. And I'm just like, oh, geez. But it's, sometimes you just, I'm just going to say it. I had to bitch slap him a couple of times, not, you know, more figuratively than literally, although sometimes literally it's good. Uh, and just <laughs> tell them, you guys, it's not about you. It's what she wants. If she wants to, you know, not go through this treatment, it's fine. I mean, I, it was easier for me to say that because I was sat in on all the, the conversations. So I actually knew what the percentages actually were and all that kind of stuff. But I kept having to tell them, you guys can't force what you would do on her. It's her decision. If this is what she wants to do, let it go. You wouldn't want her to do that to you. Heck, I wouldn't want her to do that to me. So it's kind of giving them to get outside of themselves and see her and what her thoughts. We're talking COVID. She wanted to get the J&J shot because she wanted one and done. She wanted to come out for her birthday in April. And I'm like, not so you get the vaccine. You are not. And she's like, but I came out at Christmas. And I'm like, and everybody still, there was no vaccination really at that point. So everybody was in the same boat. I said, but now people are, you know, as they're getting vaccinated, we're, you know, taking less precautions. I said, but you're still not vaccinated and you're immunocompromised. You're not coming out for your birthday. Sorry. So she started finding the vaccine and then she got it. She still couldn't come out, but it prompted her to finally get off the stick and go find the vaccine. So, Sin, one of the things that really struck me when you're talking is is about how you really work to give your mom space to make her own decisions and be, be in control, whether you agreed with them or, or disagreed with them. And that's incredibly hard to do. So how do you do it? What, what's your, your t- tips and tricks for success in being able to be present, but also be accepting? Um, I, <laughs> I really want to be obnoxious right now, but I swear I won't. Um, <laughs> I think part of it is just, I know her and I know that she, sometimes she wants me to tell her what to do. And it's like, but it's, it's your body. It's what you want. You know, just like if it were happening to me and she started to do that, I'd be like, uh, 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 my choice. I mean, it, I just, I know she wants help making the decisions sometimes. I mean, I th- I've decided at her age and she's going, she's almost 80, that she's just decided I'm done with decisions. I've been doing it for too long. Uh, but I just, you know, we talk it out and I'm like, mom, ultimately it's up to you, your body, you know, yourself better. I'm here to support. And then I have to turn around and talk to my siblings and say, back off again. It's her choice. <laughs> you know, if it were happening to you, you wouldn't want her to contribute, you know, give you her, give you her two cents or whatever that what I'm trying to say. But ultimately it's just trying to, you have to check yourself. There are times that you want to scream, you want to yell and be like, what are you doing? But ultimately it's like, no, if they add, and and that's just something I take with me a lot of places when people ask me or, you know, complain, need advice. I sometimes tend to ask, are we looking to vent? Do you need advice? Are you looking for an opinion? So that Mm -hmm. helps me phrase my answer Mm -hmm. because, you know, some people need the advice or want the opinion. Other people just want to vent. So that has helped serve my family as well, because that's sometimes I approach the conversation just that way. It's like, uh, what are we looking here for? What kind of an answer are you looking for? You know, tell you what to do or, you know, so you can tell I've had a number of these conversations. (laughs) 
I think that's so key. I recently was was talking with my best friend about a health condition, and we our communication is. I mean, we this, she's one of my favorite people to talk to because we just vibe. It's just a rolling, beautiful flow of of conversation. And she was talking about. She started off the conversation with. Carletta, I, I just want to share with you. I'm just sharing with you what is going on. And I need you to trust me that I'm taking care of what I need to do. And I stopped her and I was like, well, what, before you get into that, like, what is that about? And so she talked about my own stuff. Like, I, I know you love me, but sometimes there's a moment where you're like, want to fix it or you want to offer suggestions or you, or I, and she's like, and then I feel like I have to do that to honor you. We had this whole conversation that was lovely. But then when we got to the meat and potatoes, it really was for her sharing, but really just wanting to share and to trust that, you know, she could just do that. And also for me to be like, hey, trust, you need to trust that she's doing what she's what she needs to do that's best for her. And if I love and care about her, then I'm going to accept. And I love what you said, that Laura, that acceptance. And, and the same thing, Sin, of like just being able to be okay that that person is choosing the best route for them. And And I think sometimes we have to, you know, listen to that. And I appreciated that I had the prelude to the conversation that's like, this is what I need for you to do. And and it's so helpful because then you, you can turn off some of the other pieces that I think automatically happen when you hear someone's in distress or someone's going through a tough time. Or I think particularly the health issues where we're like, oh my gosh, all right, did you do blah, 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 blah. all these different things that we think are helpful or need to have happen? Uh, I think especially too, if you're in the industry, you, you, you go with all the 5,000 things that you feel like you're quote unquote expert on or, or not. And, and that allows for that person just to be able to just be and, and share what they need to share. And that it's okay that their choices are okay. And I love that. I think that's just, it's so, it's so great. And we need to be reminded of that, I think, pretty often. Well, and I think to, to that too, Carletta, it's, it, it, it's so often hard because we're facing not just the like wanting to fix it, but often depending on how serious the health issue is, staring into and pro- starting to process our own grief, right? Around Correct. having to say goodbye, around Correct. having to let go and, and not being prepared to, mm-hmm. to do that or be ready to do that. Or, you know, I... <laughs> I often like to tell a story because my family, I'll tell you, we do not talk about feelings like everybody's fine at all. Everybody <laughs> is fine. And um, when my grandmother passed away, she had cancer um, <laughs> and passed away relatively quickly. Um, my mom told me she's like, oh, I, I didn't want to tell you grandma passed away. And I'm like, well. Uh, Don't you think I would have figured it out eventually? (laughs) (laughs) Where's grandma? (laughs) Exactly. Like, hey, is grandma coming to Christmas? Like, no, she's really busy. She ran away. She ran away. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, oh, no, she's really into like spin class now. So she couldn't make it. (laughs) But but realizing, you know, it's just because these feelings get so big and so hard to process that we we turn away from them, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like I I can't I can't deal with telling the rest of my family. I can't deal with seeing people be sad. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think makes these conversations so much harder to have, just because we don't know what to do with it. So we're fine, right? I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want you to know I'm sick because then. I might have to see you sad or 
hurting or, you know, doing all of these other things that we don't want our families to see. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about the difficult conversations, when we were, I was in college, my best friend's mom passed away um, and she had already lost her father when we were children. And I remember we're on the phone, you know, we've been friends since we were 12. And she started talking about some, or I started talking about something, complaining about school, you know, stupid college stuff. And I finally said to her, I said, oh, this is so stupid. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I said, you're going through so much right now. And here I am just blathering on about stupid crap. And she's like, I need that. I said, because I told mm-hmm. her, I said, I don't really know what to say right now. And right. We actually still attribute that one conversation of the reason that we are still best friends, you know, 30 some odd years later, because I just came out and said, I'm not sure what to say right now. And her mom Mm -hmm. was my second mom. Like I went to her mom with all the stuff I couldn't tell my own mom. (laughs) But I think (laughs) part of it is because we had both lost a parent at a young age very suddenly. So there's a definite difference between the sudden and the long drawn out. (laughs) Right. I've had that. We've had this debate many a time, but it's. I think that's probably where it started for me is just being able to come right out and tell this person, I'm really not sure what to say right now. So if this is, you know, stupid and she's like, I need the stupid right now, or, you know, it wasn't stupid, but she needed Mm -hmm. the something she didn't have to think about. Right. And that comes also, I guess, with the humor and just being able to accept that it's this person's choice, life, you know, you, you're there to support and again, offer advice or your opinion if they ask for it. I always think it's so helpful to, if you don't know what to say, then acknowledge it. And I think especially around grief or these types of things, a lot of people don't know what to say. And I'd rather say, I don't know what to say than to say the wrong thing, you know, because it's, you know, losing my brother and Christmas time, it was I think people did a dance because it was a sudden thing and it was holidays and all of this. No one really knew what to, you know, it was like, uh, ooh, uh, sorry, you know, the, the sorry text. And, it, and it's like, it's all great. Like you, you want to reach out, it's fine. But it's the same thing. Distractions were lovely. And, and I found for me, the more authentic that someone was like, I was like, who said they didn't know what to say or doesn't know how to help out was so much more meaningful than, than a like, crafted not that those intentions were well but this where you feel like this person's just trying to like say something because they don't really know what to say so they're saying some you know whatever that was just to be like it's okay like you don't actually have to say anything if you don't know you know hugging wasn't really a thing at that moment but it's like fist pump you know hug emoji so I, i think there's so much truth in that sin and being able to just say you know I don't know what to say, or I'm just, what do you need? It's so helpful. Yeah. And it's the, I love you, right? I love you. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Right. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just sit there with them. And that's enough. Be present. Yep. Being present. I think that's across the board, whether it's health issues. I know we're talking about that and that's where we are, but I think sometimes we just need people in our life to just be present. And that's it. So I agree with that totally. I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, although, you know, this is a topic that is sometimes and often uncomfortable. To me, this really was 
a comforting discussion. Thanks to you, Cynthia, for joining us and providing your perspectives. Uh, before we head out, any any last thoughts or you know tips that you would have for our listeners? I would say tips, just be there and listen. Sometimes presence is the best present. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> that was so lovely, Laura. Cynthia, I want to thank you so much for coming, sharing your story. Sometimes it's hard to talk about our own personal stuff. And the that you did that, I really appreciate that. And we're honored to have you uh, with us today. And thank you so much and appreciate and honor you for that. We just want to remind our uh, subscribers, subscribe, rate, comment on our episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you follow us online at Viva, that's V-E-B-A Resource, C-T-R, and find our videos and other health and wellness advice at VivaResourceCenter.com. Stay tuned for future podcast episodes. Stay well, keep moving, and be better.